BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Deep Dives presents A Court of Thorns and Roses. With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski. It's kind of pretty on you, I don't know. It just looks like you're in a costume, but like, it doesn't look bad on you. No? It doesn't look like my, uh, doesn't look like my, uh... I almost said Harvey Keitel. Um, Tommy Harvey Wiseau. Keitel. My Tommy Wiseau wig. Oh, yeah. It looks nice. I like your wig. Thanks. I like that we're two different shades of red today. Different shades of red. Oh, my God. Um, it's really hard to find wigs that don't have roots on them because I think it's trendy right now. And also, I think it's supposed to like signify that it, it's real. Looks, it looks like real hair. But it's like, but then they don't dye hair. hair done. They don't dye hair in fucking, fucking Prithian, do they? No, they don't. I was thinking about this earlier because I had my glasses on, and I was like, I guess they don't need glasses either. Maybe they do it for style. I totally would. You know, um, a, a friend of ours told me that their child, their baby is going to have to start wearing glasses, and there's nothing I love more than babies and glasses. It's pretty fucking And adorable. I looked at Jeff and was like, if we ever squirt one out, I think I'm either just going to, I think I'm just going to get play glasses for the baby. Or you could just, you know... Make like squirt lemon juice in their eyes, so they have to get. Close. Yeah, claw their eyes out. Yeah. Go, yeah. Oh God! Is he oh, mother bird? bird? Yes, mother bird. But I will not um, chew up the food and spit it in their mouths. Um, I, I would love if like you Cher. did that. Yeah. Not share. Share Horowitz. Not um, Alicia Silverstone. It is her real name? Yeah, that was a, that was a long explanation. It was long. It was long. Uh oh, who's ready to talk? Is it this math? Rat hair, math. This math. Oh, mouth. <laughs> no, I guess not. Apparently not. Apparently not. <laughs> um, I don't mean to ask you this. Maybe I shouldn't ask you this. But who are you dressed up as? Gwyneth. Ooh. So okay, my issue is I always see the priestess robes as gray, even though they're very distinctly listed as pale blue. Yes. I don't know why. Um, I'm going to try several different priestess fits over the series, and then we can kind of gauge on... This is not, like, accurate, but, like, it's a gray priestess robe. I would say it's almost a gray blue. Mm, 
I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. The benefit of the doubt. I'm incorrect. I don't know why I see it like that in my head when it clearly says pale blue. I told you, I see Cassian as a dirty blonde. Yeah. There's just something. There's just some things you just can't undo from your original reading of the book that it's just true. like live inside of your brain. Even if I, it's wrong. Even if it's wrong, and then it just lives there. Honestly, it's one of my like one of the reasons why. Although I will always watch a televised version, and obviously I'm going to watch it whenever the Akatar version comes out. Um, but sometimes it ruins what's inside of my head. Well, yeah, I mean, I do feel bad. I feel very, very bad for whatever actors are cast in this because people are going to be horrible. Horrible to them. Uh, fandoms are gross a lot of the time. And I will not do that. I will love and support anybody who goes in. I'm not going to shit on them. No, I'm going to shit on them. Um, no, don't. <laughs> no, I will even say, as someone, I've I've said this many times about Les Mis. Les Mis, my favorite musical of all time, went to go see the movie, was at first very, very, very upset at the casting of Russell Crowe. Um, as you as Javert, be. and not because, and like Russell Crowe did the best job he could. Whatever. And I was like, you know what? I shouldn't be mad at Russell Crowe. He's not, he got the job. I should be more like my ire, my secret ire. It's not like I'm writing comments. Right. It's just my secret ire goes sure. towards the casting of him where it's like, he can't sing what Javert needs to be. And I know this isn't a Les Mis podcast, but I'll talk about Les Mis. Yeah. No, you're, I think you should be allowed to because I, I had a bad experience with him on set before and I don't like him. We hate Russell Crowe. Um, yeah, I just threw saw, what is it? Uh, tea? tea? I threw sauce into the air. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's all over us. Now we're covered in sauce and... I'm, Russell's going to start a flame war with me, um, yeah. but, you know, I'm ready for it. Bring it on. That's the one person I want to get on. into an internet fight with. Uh, yeah. He doesn't know how to use social media. He also would have absolutely no recollection of interacting with me on set, and I'm glad. Yeah. Because yeah. He, it was terrible. Yeah, you're um, bad. Yeah. And you were bad at being Javert. I said it. But beyond that. Now with like every superhero franchise, every person who gets cast, people are furious. They like put change.org petitions up for people. They get docs. They get death threats. It's like you need to go That's outside. Too, too you have far. to go outside yeah, yeah, yeah. and remember that that you don't just control everybody and like you're not a little puppeteer on the internet. I'm talking to you and me. I'm talking to everybody. We can't. Oh, that's why secret ire is fine. Secret ire is fine. And also criticism's fine, but I think that we've, like, passed beyond the pale with that with a lot of things. Be nice to whoever gets cast, please. Even if they don't make your loins aflame. Even then. They better make my loins aflame. I'm going to say at least one of the cast members will do that. You know what I mean? Like, maybe not everyone will be your choice, but at least one of them you're going to be like, whoa! I know they've been throwing around Jacob Elordi for, uh, I think, if it was for Reese and... I, I want to see how Priscilla is first, personally. Into it? I see that face. Not not into it, but you don't watch Euphoria. No. And he's great in Euphoria, but you have a lot of issues with him in Euphoria. Oh, see, I don't want to know about it then. I'm I know. Just and he's a great it. actor, though. So I mean, that's, that's why I think that he would do a great job. Unfortunately, if you're a good enough actor. He's six five? I see yes, he's Oh, five. my God. Boongo, boongo, Okay, is he boongo. old enough for us to do? Okay, he's he's put, he's all, he's getting closer to 30. Okay, I don't feel that weird about it. He's 26. That's fine. I said closer to 30 to yeah, make myself feel To like, make yourself feel he's fine. Um, it's fine. My cutoff's oh, no, 24. I thought it said January. Okay, so he just kind of turned 20. All right. Well, 
Yeah, 24 is sure. But he's Australian. Does that does that help? <laughs> no comments. No comments. All right, we're fine with it. We're fine with this. But again, uh, yeah. if you are a Euphoria fan, I understand feeling like a little like, no, no. Yeah, but please don't go and just like, just like attack them online. It's like, don't, please. Let's just be grown-ups a little bit. I know we all feel very passionate. I won't grow up. I won't grow up. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. Are we doing Peter Pan right now? <laughs> we going to go into the 1970s version of Peter Pan? <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Man, I'd be so bad at being flown. Never grow up. Not me. <laughs> you started it. I did start it. Um, have you ever flown? Have you ever been Of course. Strapped? I mean, you, but like, have you done like the actual like wires like like a Peter Pan, like where it's yeah. from your groin? Yeah. Doesn't it scare you? No. <laughs> I like it, you know, oh but God. it does hurt after a while. Like it is it painful. crotch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I want wires I going to, in like, my crotch. I had to run through the sky for a... Um, Hoka one one ad once in the air. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Yeah. All right, let's talk about the fucking <laughs> Sorry everybody. I know this is a long winded intro, but sometimes we have to we haven't spoken beforehand. And we I have haven't opened my in. many drinks yeah, yet. I need to open well. up all my many drinks. There's I have no to li- reason for us. We both have three beverages. That's that's how we live. <laughs> I am a beverage monster. Though. Oh, I am as well. Yep. I constantly have three or four different drinks. Um, all right, so let's do this. Let's do it. Cassian oh. is standing. Oh, also, I was going to mention before it started. We will be back now that your tour is done. We're going to be back to being pretty accurate on the chapter readings I I give you. I had to sort of guesstimate and also. We can't make the episodes three hours long, unfortunately. So um, it's been I've only gone further. I've never spoken further on the episode than I've told you to read. So now we're going to catch up, be pretty on top of it now again, just so we're all clear. So some of you may have already written read up to chapter 15. Read it again. It's fun. I'm reading it again. It's wonderful. Join me, won't you? So, Cassian... Especially this book. This book you can fucking read. Read it. I've read it. I've now read it like maybe 15 times for this podcast, and I still enjoy it. Yeah, hell yeah. Cassian is standing in front of the lodging of the Band of Exiles at the start of Chapter 7. It's a full... It's full nighttime now because, of course, if you recall, there's a bird woman in the Band of Exiles who only could be human for the nighttime. So, oh man, yeah, Battlebird. Battlebird. So I assume that's why he has to go at night. And he notes that while the gray stone house is in good condition, he's standing in from. And if you remember, it's again near Feyre's old village. This is like the human realm. Yeah. Uh, everything around the house is completely ravaged by the war. It's, you know, everything's exploded and rubble and everything, but the house is standing. And he notes it's going to be a long while before it looks like peaceful here again because you just see the scars. Of everything, he hesitates before going in, not thrilled at this task, and still a bit shaken by Nesta's apparent disregard for how she made him look in Windhaven because she refused to train in front of all the Illyrians, and it was very embarrassing for him. And now he's all ruffled. We ruffled his. Oh, feathers. there's very ruffled a lot in this oh, book. Oh yes, constantly ruffled. Oh yes. Um, he shush. Oh, are both of our drinks? Water. My sparkling water is going. Both of our sparkling like I'm trying waters. to focus, Waterloo. They have thoughts. 
Probably. They have commentary. What do you think? Oh, oh, wait. Peach? Peach, what do you think? Peach loves Cassian. Oh, yeah, Peach. What, you also think he's dirty blonde? All right, Peach. Oh, my God, Peach. That is disgusting. <laughs> he, he is a male. He's not a piece of meat. <laughs> yeah, Peach, I can. And I ain't talking about my ass. You should high can your can with your can. Yeah, I guess we could have cheers. <laughs> no, I mean with your butt. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I'm going to get peach all over my peach. <laughs> okay. Ugh. Ugh. That's Man, why I, I have been yucking myself out recently. I'm sorry to everybody. You're in a, you're just in one of those vibes. Yeah. Yeah, you, it's just a vibe. You you said to me in the weirdest voice that you were going to take a pee before we did Yeah, started. I forgot how I said it, but I was very I was being very creepy about it and there was no reason for it. It's, it's this wig. For... I blame the oh, wig. Oh yeah, maybe it is the wig. Yeah. This. I think it's because I didn't realize how junked up this wig was. So I tried to Bobby pin it. I think the color's pretty on you. The I color's like it. pretty. Yes. Mm. I'm supposed to be Vasa by the way. Oh, Firebird. Yeah, I'm Firebird, but human Firebird, not Battlebird. No, I love that. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you. So, Also, I'm wearing Battlebird to uh, see the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie on Saturday. I just, just short You just throw up in your yeah, mouth? Yeah, I just I went away somewhere. Yeah, but Holden and I are going at 3.30 in the afternoon. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Um, We're going to be with a bunch of 11-year-olds. Yes, you are. <laughs> Um, at least Holden's not going by himself. No, 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 no. That would be a whole nother thing. Um, <laughs> so we as the reader also know. Holden, my co-host of Page 7, in case you were wondering. Big Swifties, big Swifty. All right, let's get back here. So we learn after, so he's standing, you know, he's standing in front of this house, and we learn in his thoughts that after he dropped Nesta back at the House of Wind, he'd flown to an empty cliff where it must have been love played an ambient sound as the waves crashed while he sat it on the shore. Love. What's over now? Like he's just standing, you know, throwing a rock over the cliffside. Oh yeah. Must have been her. Oh my god, and his hair is blowing mm-hmm. in the wind. Oh man. And then he gets he's does all that, gets yeah. that out of his system. Then he hops down to the river house to reveal to the rest of the inner circle that he's blown it with Nesta. And here we get this lovely expression. It was Amran who had said, Let her dig her own grave, boy, then offer her a hand. I'd thought that's what this past year had been. He'd countered. Keep reaching out your hand. Had been Amran's only reply. I love that phrase, keep reaching out your hand. It keeps being repeated throughout the book. It's such a simple and succinct phrase that says a lot in it. And I think a lot of us have felt like giving up with somebody but don't really want to. So it's this sort of symbol of like resignation and hope at the same time. I can't fix you, but... Like, I'm, I'm here. here for you. You have to reach, though. I can't pull you out of this, like, hole. You have to lift me. You have to get, come meet me halfway. Also, I like that because it's not giving her a hand because that would mm-hmm. be going over and doing it for her. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It is, like, the meeting in the middle of, like, no, nah, you got to come to me a little bit, too, or yeah. else this ain't going to work out, which also is healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries. So thank you, Amarin. Healthy boundaries. <laughs> so... Yeah, I guess that's where you get healthy boundaries from is the biblical angel in this book. Not so no more, no. Now she's just a mere Oh, yeah, fae. now she's just the old rig. Yeah. 
Yep. So now he's in this present moment facing this strange house in the middle of ruin, a place he doesn't want to be, but he's doing so for his brother. Before he can knock, Lucian swings the door open because of his x-ray eye, I assume. Ooh. Before Cassian... Looking through his clothes, mm, yep. too, I bet. Yeah, I imagine. I'm you sure. Know? Before Cassian can say much, Lucian tells him Eris is also here. Ooh. Ooh. Cass feels rage race through him as he recalls Moore's broken body, but reins it in to do his job. Um, you know, he kind of like, they kind of like to review that little moment in just like, they, she does a good job in this book of like bringing you back into the memories of different things, but we like, no, we know yes. about more. So he thinks about how little his opinion of Eris has changed, even if he trusts him or even if he's kept to his promise to all of the rest of the inner circle to not reveal things to his trash father. He urges himself, Cassian urges himself to think like Reese or more and be calm on the outside when he wants to smash. But it's so hard for him to not smash. It's really difficult. That's like hundreds of years of having to undo and like start to be like an ambassador. That's a difficult shift to go from Illyrian warrior all the time into ambassador. It's true, but he still has to know how to smash because he still has to be in the wars. Yeah. He's got to know how to smash. He might know how to smash. Uh, I think he does. I think he might know. <laughs> or so, maybe I'm just looking into the future. I have no idea. <laughs> who can Who can tell? Who can guess? So now he enters this parlor and Eris, Lucian, Vasa, and Jurian are all staring at him. Gassian's getting a headache trying to assess all of the relationships here and how he's supposed to handle them. What info he's to relay and what he's meant to observe. It's hard. It is hard. It, it is it, actually hard. I don't think I could be an ambassador of sorts. It's like keeping certain things hidden and only be in like, but like manipulating at the same time and like easing their fears at the same time and also not sharing too much, but not sharing too little. I, I, I don't know if you get this from me, but like I'm a bit of an open book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that that's crazy of all the very private things I've said on this podcast so far. But um, uh, I just feel like I'd go in and be like, I'll tell you anything you want to know. (laughs) I think think in this realm, you kind of have to be manipulative a little bit. Even if you're not that in your private life, you have to know how to be manipulative in these situations. Um, And it's hard to do that and like put on these facades and everything. Um, he calls Vasa your majesty in this moment, and Jorian kind of laughs at him about it. So he's already, like, bumbling it a little yeah. bit. It's pretty clear that, like Lucian has mentioned, they've all gotten pretty chummy in this house. How chummy? We don't know. Oh, I think they're chummy. I think they're covered in fish paste. Covered in chum. Yeah, that's how much chummy they've gotten. They got their buckets out. That's yeah. how chummy they've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would... Uh, somebody's kissing somebody in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Lucian, I, I, he's got to be healing his, his wounds some way, some kind of salve. You know he's got some lust, lustful... Emissions to get out of that. I can't wait to read about lustful emissions from Lucian. Yeah, we'll get there, I bet. Lucian wants to know if Cassian has come with news for them or some kind of order from Reese. Cassian tries to put on his best courtier affectation. We give you orders as our emissary. He nodded to Jurian and Vasa. But when you're with friends, we only give suggestions. 
Oh, he's, he's trying. So he's really trying. Eris makes a rude noise, obviously well, mocking him. Of course, him. you're going to Eris. After a bit more fumbling, he just asks Eris straight, why are you here in this house, yeah. man? What's going on? I do wonder if Eris maybe, like, I'm just speculating, I'm throwing it out there that Eris kind of also feels like a reject and he kind of just wants to, like, hang out with the Band of Exiles. Yeah, of course. Boy don't have no friends. No. Because you're a bastard, but he also has to play the play of a bastard at all times, even though he really is a bastard. Not a not a bastard the way Cassian is a bastard, but you know what I mean. Like, in a badman's right. way. And so he has to act like a badman all the time, which is not going to get you a lot of friends. You know he's not friends with his brothers. No. So, like, who does he talk to? So, yeah. I, of course he wants to be friends. Like, look at their, like friend family that all protects each other. I want to be a part of the Band of Exiles. Maybe he wants to join Second Guitar or like wants to come in and like, I can play the keyboard. Oh, that would be awesome. Him on the synth? Oh, yeah, synth And he'd be like, oh, sure. we don't really need any synth. And he's like, are you sure? And he's like, and they're like, yeah! And then everyone starts, like, clapping. And they're like, let's let's get on the road! And then they start going on the road. Yeah! I love this this trajectory for Eris. Get the synth out. Um, oh, do they have a synth there? They probably have some other magical thing that sounds like a synth. Just That's like, true. With magic, you can do whatever you want. and clang on something. Yeah. You know? Like a synth sounds. Man, we are mouth instruments over here. Yeah, I can use it as an instrument sometimes. (laughs) Everything I say sounds creepy. Everything you say sounds dirty today. (laughs) I guess I'm in a vibe also. Hell yeah, we're in vibes today, (laughs) y'all. Post up. I don't think, though, Eris has the balls to ask to play synth yet. No, I no, think no, he wants no. to make sure everybody thinks that he's just... And he probably does need to also asset, like do court business and all that, but I think he's excited he has to, even though he can't tell anybody. Yes. Nobody will like talk about their feelings in this book. No, it really is. It's, But isn't it nice to be able to read that and be like, I don't want to be like that in my regular life. I'd like to talk about my feelings. Yeah. And then you get fucked afterwards. Yeah. That's what happens. So Eris tells him, this is why I'm here. A few dozen of the Autumn Court soldiers were out on a standard patrol when they disappeared and they can't find any trace of where they've gone. Not a good sign. No, dude. Even the Autumn Court's revered scenting hounds couldn't find anything with where they went. Cassian knows that's a big deal because those hounds are sought after for their capabilities. He continues on. Does that mean the dogs are magic? Yeah, I think that they are. I think that they said that they were like smoke hounds or something. I what forget. do you think? What kind of magic does Wendy do? Brings joy. That's what she does. Mm-hmm. I feel like she, if she had anything, she would be able to like magic a pillow underneath her. Oh, very self-serving. Yes. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, she wouldn't be helping anybody no. with with her dog powers. Her dog powers do help me, though, because she lo- loves to cuddle, and that is something I need. Yes. So, so win, thank win. you, Wendy. Win-win. Thanks, Wendy. Win-Wendy. Um, Win-Wendy. <laughs> um, he continues on that none of the Autumn Court soldiers can winnow either, so it's not that. And he takes the opportunity to mock their breeding while looking at Cassian. <sighs> Thanks, Eris. We really need this right now. And also... 
for Jesus H, like they love to talk about their lineage. It's very, uh, you know, it's 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 very reminiscent of an idea of like your bloodline is, you know, you know who talks about having clean bloodlines, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Eris is just kind of doing that to fuck with Cassie and I don't know if he even actually believes that sort of thing but he wants to like like... he's so used to making the same jabs where it's Mm. like when you have someone in like that you know that always has the same like weird where it's like you're thinking of like a very specific version of me and I contain multitudes thank you very much yeah and also the pure blood stuff usually involves a lot of incest and inbreeding and then all of the the offspring have four eyes and stuff. Yeah, so. and then they're making kiss on each other. I saw Game of Thrones. Well, they're they're not an accurate portrayal of what incest children end up sometimes. No, they're not usually that pretty, I don't know. I mean, some I'm sure are, but yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. I don't know. I haven't looked into it too much because Henry and I don't touch each other, so I never really had to uh, explore. At least I would have researched first. God. Aren't you proud of me? No. The scientist of this family? No, God. Everybody calls me that. The sci- yeah, you are the scientist of the family for sure. <laughs> also, like, I kind of tend to think if that's all you've got is, like, your lineage is your thing, and you're pretty unremarkable as a person. Yeah. Vasa continues that she went to the site in the autumn court to inspect as the hounds were looking around because the only thing they did detect was a strange human scent. Mm. It was human, but something different, a little spicy. Cassian <laughs> then accidentally says what... No way. Humans could have never bested FaZe and then realize he's talking to two humans. Oh, Cass! Insert foot in mouth much, Cassian. Oh, Cass. Cassian grimaced. Sorry. Uh, I, sorry. After some more bickering, Cassian has to decide whether asking Vass about the other queens would be revealing too much about their own vulnerabilities. Fuck. His head hurt. (laughs) Finally, he asked about the sister queens. He's decided, I gotta, I gotta ask, I gotta bring it up. All of the cohorts agree that they aren't above this kind of behavior and that they are, in fact, still looking for trouble. Nothing but trouble. But they're not dumb. They're not looking for that movie, though. No. But they're not dumb. And leaving a trace of human in the autumn courts doesn't make a ton of sense because it's, they would have been able to cover their tracks more because they are so, like, manipulative. Yeah. So they're just all they're trying to all figure this out. This is a very strategic chapter, parts of things like shows and movies and books that I usually like zone out on. And I had to reread this chapter like six times because it's just all strategy stuff. I know some people love that part of storytelling. And, you know, I'm here for the make fucks. I love the action. I love the the fucks. I love. Yes. The the human striving but for maybe they could be talking about this while they're all kissing or while they're all like gliding underneath tables i could probably pay attention more if they were yeah but so you know they're trying they're basically saying this could be the queens and but there's also these other things like why would they cross all the way over to sp- the spring court when tamlin's remaining soldiers are more vulnerable and easy to attack and they're not really coming up with why they would do that but Cassian's thoughts snags on how Reese managed to not kill Tamlin for hurting Feyre uh, in this as they're talking about the spring court. And then, huh, suddenly he's thinking about Nesta. Oh. How he knew that Nesta had been hurt by a man 
in her previous life through all um, some of their conversations, especially that happened in the bonus chapter. Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't give the man's name over to Cassian. Cassian then is, starts fantasizing about peeling this man's skin off of his bones. Pay attention, Cassian. And then he's not paying yeah. attention. <laughs> he curses himself. This is how I would be in a strategy meeting. <laughs> strategy, strategy, a strategy meeting. Well, uh, it would be a tragedy. So it would yes. be a strategy. It would be a strategy for me. Yes. So. He curses himself for thinking of fighting again and he's smashing instead of he has to be playing a game of thrones right Mm -hmm. now. The group goes over scenarios in which it would make sense to attack the Autumn Court and lands on perhaps they're trying to sow discords. They're, They're trying to start inner fighting to break the treaties on Prithian and weaken the defense. Cassian decides to throw caution to the wind, and he asks Vasa which queen he thought would act this outrageously. And Vasa licked her lips at him and said, oh boy, you want some information from me? See, this helps. <laughs> this helps me pay more attention. I'm trying. Well, we don't, you know, we don't know Vasa's, like, inner monologue, so maybe that's what she's thinking. Like, maybe she's just going, like, in her head, just going, like, um, um, I love the shrug on you, by the way. It's a very cute look. Thanks. Yeah. Bring shrugs back. I think shrugs are coming back. I mean, I have bought a couple. Yeah. And it's got this little, I, I had to try and get the little thing and the thing up top here. But I will say shrugs, you forget how difficult they are to put on. You like put one sleeve in and then like put the other one and go like. Shrug, more like struggle. Uh, yes. <laughs> Such an earnest response. Yes. It was a struggle. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. It's 
It's what Cassian, you know, fears the most. Vasa thinks no. it is. No, Cassian <laughs> thinks it is Briallen. She says it without hesitation. Briallen, the selfish, impulsive young queen who jumped into the cauldron after Nesta was forced in and came out immortal but a hunched old crone. Ew, we hate old ladies. We do, but I have to be honest, I would be so mad. I'd be That's so what mad. That's Mostly because, like... It, also, we don't hate old ladies. Old ladies teach us a lot. No, of course. And, like, I'm not even afraid to be an old lady. It's just that in the way that they suggest that she is, her body's withered and she can't move and do stuff. Yeah. And that's what, like, that would be my worst. If, like, a living eternity not being able to, like, do, do what, what I can. Do what you need to do. So, um, yeah, I'd be mad. But she's blaming Nesta instead of her her own... Like, why is she blaming... Ne- why? So the the person that was... Forced into the cauldron before you're going to blame her instead? You know, some people just can't take accountability oh for the actions. God, you did this to yourself. Not that I've never, I've, <laughs> I've never not been able to take accountability for no, my actions. No, we're always accountable. I'm so accountable. I'm like the most accountable person that's ever been. Yeah. Honestly, um, you are. Well, thank you. I'm definitely not always. But. Oh. Oh, secret secrets. I mean, just in like, I, I like to think in small ways. Yeah. Not, hopefully not big things. I don't think so. I think that like we spend so much time together, I'd probably find out at this point that you weren't married to Henry. <laughs> that this was a lie the whole time. For what? I don't know. <laughs> Uh-oh. Maybe it was to get to me. Yeah, it was to get to <laughs> So that we could become besties. Yeah, I must podcast with her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am very glad that we are. <laughs> Not for Henry, but for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I knew it all along. Yep. It's the decades long grift. <laughs> um, so, if Briellen made a move against Nesta, he'd kill the queen himself. Cassian tried to think over the bellowing beast in his head that tightened every muscle of his body until only bloody violence would appease it. Easy, Lucian said. Smash, smash, smash! Easy, Lucian repeated. And flames sizzled in his russet eye. And then they started to kiss. I know. It does sound very it does sensual. Sound flames sizzled in his russet eye. Yes. <laughs> he's snarling and he's going easy, easy. Oh, oh if only. Yeah. Man, if I was better at slash fiction, because I used to write this for Riverdale scenes. Um, I used to like like add on to a scene and like what if they started fucking instead mm-hmm. like one scene I specifically wrote over a uh, they called them Glamourge eggs instead of Fabergé eggs and it, <sighs> so it involved a Glamourge egg and um, I just wish I was better at like adding on to scenes like this where we could just pop in a fuck scene between Lucian oh, sure. and Cassian yeah, I'm not. I've never tried to write erotica ever. I, I don't know if I'd be good at it. I it's think it's difficult. actually really hard. It's very difficult. And I have some of the fanfic I've read for. I mean, obviously, there's lots that's just very filthy, but there are some really good ones too. Like very like taking the characters into a new direction, but like very also erotic. Also, please share some of your favorite slash fic of Akatar. If you have any that are like actually good that you think that we should read or like I'll definitely read them because you know I love reading smut so please pass them along. Oh yeah I should I should go find the ones that I've read that I really liked and I'll give them a, a shout. Yes. So 
I just love that <laughs> the Cassian's constantly on the edge of just like shredding a shirt. Ah! I know it's like not what you should be attracted to. Like it's the opposite of someone that like can't really control their emotions. Well, but I would it's say so fucking hot. I would say, I would say with Cassian though, only because it's about her. Like if it was about everything, it would be boring. Well, yeah, and I would say Cassian actually can control his emotions. Mm. I don't like when somebody just like loses their mind over shit, and Luke can't actually control themselves because that is very unattractive. Very to me. unattractive. But he feels the the like the urge and the the need to protect, but he can rein it in and like still use his 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 rational mind in those moments. So I think that's very sexy. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) Cassian laments being so reactive and wearing his heart on his sleeve like this because basically what he's exposed in that moment is like how much he wants to protect Nesta and they're all staring at him. Yes. So it can be used as ammunition. And so he is embarrassed, but it's also realizing that he's putting her at risk because he's now exposing how much he cares for her to people who maybe he can't trust. Right. So there is still doubt about Brianna knowing how to pull all of this off. She can only winnow when the other queens are around because that's the, the their gifted powers combining Captain Planet style. They can only get places winnowing if they there there's more than one. It's gotta be so annoying. Like even thinking about Captain Planet where you're like, I've got this ring I got this awesome monkey, but like I can't do anything if I don't have my friends. And I know it should be like, yes, guys, you work with your friends. But sometimes, don't you want to be powerful all on your own? Also, sometimes, you know, what if wind is like really on your nerves? And like, yeah, I don't and you really want to talk do... to them right now, but you have to like, ugh. Yes, fine. That are like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when they all become like the one big yeah. robot. Then it's like, I don't want to be a become part of your animal robot today. I don't want to. Yeah, Blue Rangers fucking balls are right behind my back every time that we do this yeah, and they I don't all really deal with it right now. On the, right? They all just I forget. I forget how they all connected. It was just like... Yeah, it was all different ways. Um, but I mean, in my head the humans on the inside are all like, yeah, like all like a like a pole of sorts. Like they've just like legs on necks. Like three kids in a trench coat. Yes! <laughs> um, we are a big monster. You I'm a big monster scared. now. So... Then Eris, so they're trying to figure out how Brian could have pulled this off. Then mm. Eris pulls out this wild card. He has info that the th- other three remaining queens have left the shared palace that <gasps> Brian is in. So they all, the, the big, I think maybe because they're stuck together with the winnowing powers, they have like a collective, like, palace and this, sh- like, in a shared space. A shared space. Yes. It's like a, a shared. Like a quad. Yeah, like a work, sh- like a work, we work. Oh, yeah, like a wee work. <laughs> um, and so now all of them have scattered to the wind except Brianna, and she's living there alone in that palace. And so that's questionable. But Cassian tucks away the strange knowledge Eris has. How does he know that? Eris doesn't divulge in that moment. All right. But Vasa thinks that Brianna is ambitious and crazy enough to try to pull this off, and she knows just what powerful being White might be willing to help her. Koshki. Oh. Her keeper. Koshki of the lake. Koshki who holds Vasa captive. Vasa thinks that this ancient sorcerer would help the human queen as some form of bargain that would help him be released from the lake he's been tricked to being confined to for a millennia. So it's like he's confined in there, but then he's in control of her. Yeah, because the queen sold her to him. Right. So then like how does he how is he even able to like 
own her if he isn't even in like his own spot. I think it's like all over this world seems to be different, powerful beings from other lands caught, like trapped, you know, like all of the prison people got tricked in there. So I think that he's too powerful for them to kill, but they did some sort of like binding, like I bind you, Koshki. He can only stay in that area. But he still, they couldn't, like, take his powers from him. Did he ever try to bind someone after the craft? Have I? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. I definitely used, like, everything from the craft. I was like, yeah, I should bind. I mean, they they did draw from, like, actual Wiccan and Pagan texts and stuff. Uh, They did a great job. Yeah, go listen to the pop history that uh, we did on the craft and get all the stuff with men on and, like, what Mm -hmm. they actually really went into. And also, it's spooky season, so watch the craft. Yeah, the craft is just so... I love that movie so much. I would never bind you, Natalie. Well, good, because binding is meant to be not, it's not meant to be um, like a bad and ugly and uh, magic. It's not a cursing. It's like protection. It's protection, yeah. And it's usually supposed to be done with somebody who, like Nancy, is trying to kill you or yes. like trying to hurt you. And then you bind them from you and themselves because a lot of times they are self-destructive in the same. Yes, but life. I don't think that you're going to go all Nancy on me. I don't think. No. <laughs> I wish I had her eyes, though. Yeah, man, those crazy eyes. Balk's eyes are the best eyes. Ugh. Also, they I think they might be similar to what um, Gwyneth's eyes look like. Oh, I could see that. Mm. Paltrow. No. <laughs> Doubt it, Coop. No. More like noop. What's that mean? Like nope, like, but it sounds like goop. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. Um... <laughs> So, you know, they're they're saying, hey, basically that at the end of this, they draw the conclusion. Briallen and Koshki are behind this somehow. Okay. They don't know why they know, but they know it. They don't know how, but they know it. Cassian is hurt enough for the night and he turns to leave. No farewells uttered. Right as he's reaching the front door, Eris appears in front of him. At first, it seems he's only come to again mock Cassian. It's like obsessed much, Eris. Yeah, just um, sorry. Just kiss. More for being, um, you know, he, th- he thought it was going to be like a bad courtier, but then he stops Cassian. He he wants to be a part of whatever the night court is looking into on their side. He needs an edge over Briallen and Koshki because he has some bad news. His father, Beran, has pledged his forces to Briallen. No! So, not good. No, it's not good. <clears throat> a month prior, Baron went to meet with Briallen and Eris's top soldiers accompanied him. Those very soldiers are now the ones missing. They came back with Baron to the Autumn Court, but they seemed off ever since they went to go visit Briallen. Then they disappeared. <gasps> so now Cassian has another issue to work through. They need to tend to Baron, but they can't reveal that they know any of this info because it would expose Eris, who is technically their ally. But Eris warns. While still being a prick to Cassian, you better be on your guard because Baron is definitely not above giving over a certain Archeron sister in exchange for power. Here, they are at a bit of a standstill. Even through Eris's jabbing and insults and, and how much Cassian loathes him, they are technically allies. And so it must stay this way for the time being. This is like a big get. 
And this is a huge show of who Eris is as a character. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that like even though he's still kind of shitty while he does it, he is being as open as he can be, but not to all of them, just to like the inner circle. Yeah. And, you know, Reese trusts him as much as you can trust somebody who you don't really like. But they they do think that he is being genuine in his what he's saying he wants from them. So chapter eight, and we're back to Nesta on the hunt for the smile juice. Remember, if you recall, she had opened, finally gotten to the the House of Wind stairs. And she said, I'm getting me some wine. Yeah, man. So, yeah, at the beginning of chapter eight, this is where she is standing at the top. She sees a steep, narrow stairwell of a foot high steps winding into the darkness below, completely enclosed, except for the periodic slitted window to offer fresh air. Also, Foot high steps. Yeah, I was trying to gauge. So, like, that's pretty high for steps. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, oh, God. Think of how great, again, your ass would look at the end of it, though. 10,000 steps. She was no longer human. This high fey body could do it. She could do it. She couldn't do it. She struggles down 111 steps before Vertigo takes over. Only 111. In her sickness and in the silence, all of the circular thoughts and anxieties come spinning through her head just like the Vertigo is coming through. And they come rushing to the front. She hears her father's last words, her pleas to the king, the snap of her father's neck. She tries to go down one more step and her body wobbles. Resigned, she begins to make the ascension back up. Ugh. It's not an easy go. She crawls the last 30. She's covered in sweat, her fey body so strong and yet so weakened by her own actions. It's lack of food, nourishment, and even joy. Okay. I've never been there. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so I looked up the Astoria column in the Paris Catacombs because, again, this is the two references we had for the spiral staircases. Um, and we said last time 7,500 Astoria columns <clears throat> are how many stairs there are. So, Jackie, I looked. Astoria column has 164 steps. That's it? So you would have made it farther than Nesta that first time. Of her Whoa. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't foot-high long steps, but they were in very tight circles, though. So that makes you very disoriented. Yeah, I say take the W on that one. All right, thank you. All right. Um, <laughs> I win. The Paris Catacomb steps, the main ones, there's probably many because they're fuck. it's the city-wide yeah. catacombs. But they have one main one for the tourists. It's 131 steps going down and 112 steps to climb up. So I also would have gotten a little bit further. Yeah. But look at these staircases. I can. I can. That's just a cheers. Yeah, it's a cheers. That's just a cheers. You can say hi can if you want to start saying hi can if you want. Okay. Look at these are the catacomb stairs, Jackie, up the top two. Oh, yeah. Very similar to the Astoria column. This is the Astoria column. Whoa. So, yeah, whining. The, The way that. It both both of them like are enclosed in the same way too as they describe the steps. So it's just like we are oh like my God, her. we're just like Faye. We're just the babies. Well, Nesta's pissed, so she cuts to the top of the stairs. She's like crawling. It's humiliating. She looks up and Cassian's just there, leaning against the wall, staring at her and smiling. She's so <laughs> mad. She's like, "What's the point of this damned body if it doesn't work?" It's and it's like girl, you you're not ruined. taking care of yourself. You did it, yeah. And also, you're still like 
You still have a body that runs on, like, I know you run on magic, but you also need to eat. Run on Duncan. Like, when was the last, and run on Duncan, be a little Ben Aff, mm-hmm. but don't get a phoenix tattooed all over your back. But I will say that, like, yeah, you got to drink water. You got to eat food. Your body still needs to run. You don't run on magic. Right. So, you know, she's kind of mad at herself. She's mad at Cassie and she's mad at everybody in this moment. But in her thoughts, she does admit to herself in this moment that she's taken to the ears. She likes them now. But she's miserable in this moment. She hates her life. She hates everything. Finally, she sees the bottom of the door coming into her sight. Fingers digging into the steps hard enough for the tips to bark in pain. She dragged herself up the last few, slithering on her belly onto the hallway floor, and arrived face first in front of Cassian, smirking as he leaned against the adjacent wall. You son of a very nice cleaning lady. Yes. We cut to Cassian's POV from this same moment. He first reflects on how he, though he's facing her now, or I guess standing over her, he needed time before he could see her again today and had reported to Reese about the goings on with the band of exiles before he made his way back up to the House of Wind and all the updates from Harris. So he still like has feelings about how she embarrassed him in Windhaven. Now Cassian, when he went to go report to Reese, is now tasked with another bullshit order to keep a close watch on Eris. So he's in all kinds of a mood. Well, and especially like he was made to look a fool when Mm -hmm. he was training Nesta. He was made to look a fool when he was going and like being a courtier in front of other people. He was called like a lowborn bastard essentially again and again. Yes, again and again. Like I just feel like no wonder I'd be like – I can't believe he's still going. I'd be like, I need a bigger break than this. Give me a week off. Well, that's why I had to go sit at the cliff and throw rocks over I the edge. I get it. It must have been love. Must have been love. But it's over now. Um. So he wanted. To, he tried to object to all this new stuff, but Reese is trying. Reese is reason with him, and he doesn't really have a. He has to do what Reese has. Anyway, he chose to stay and have dinner with the others before making his way back to Nesta. So he's had dinner at the River House. He's like, I can't deal with Nesta right now. And as he gets up there, he finds the stairs door open. And instead of being worried, she'd escaped. He knew the shape she was in, but more in a quick return. So he's just like, finally, something good has happened today. It had been worth it. So he had been gleefully awaiting this, just like waiting outside of the the open door, like sensing her return. And now seeing her kind of crawling on her belly was like, well, this is what you get. Yep. And now I feel a lot better today. Yep. So Nesta growls, seeing that he's here to witness how pitiful she looks. She tells him that whoever designed the stairs was a monster. Cassian smirks and tells her a story about how he and Reese and Az had been forced to climb the stairs as punishment for something to do with being young and stupid and testing boundaries with a high lord who didn't understand practical jokes regarding public nudity. I want to hear more about <laughs> this story. No, they were children. I w- uh, yeah, I guess it's disgusting. They were children. Well, in my head, like, is children still, like, the age of 50 for them? No, they still like, come... Like, see it as that? I mean, I think they call them youthful, but, like, they come of age at 17, I think, in the Fey world. That's so... Don't you think that's a little weird? I kind of have to, you think you have to put the like the suspension of disbelief of being like the way their world works is that you're just a kid for a brief moment in time and then you're just an adult and you have adult 
mentality. I guess that is for the best because, like, in this world, like, I wouldn't want to be a kid for 70 years. No. Because then it's like, I won't grow up. You say, I won't grow up, I won't go to school. But then, like, as an adult, like, you don't have to go to school anymore. Right. Being an adult is way better than being a kid. I just remember there was this, uh, there was a kid on the train once and he kept, like, sticking his tongue out at me sticking his tongue out at me and then like he came over and he just like he held the bar as I was, it was I was sitting down on the on the subway and he kicked me in the foot and I was just like I didn't know what to say and all I said was yeah well I can eat candy for dinner <laughs> <laughs> that was the first just hung over on the train that's all I could think to say to the I, child that, that thinks perfect me in the foot. <laughs> it's a perfect response <laughs> Yeah, well, you have to be a stupid kid. Yeah, he's your a life stupid sucks. Kid. You can't eat candy anytime you want. I can go buy candy whenever I want. And you're not going to get any of it. None. <laughs> That's so fun. Great response, Jackie. Thank you. Yeah, I felt like uh, I was being childish, but I appreciate that. He go. Did, did the kid say anything? No. <laughs> no, and then I got off the, and then I just like got off at the next stop and it wasn't my stop and I was just like, did I just get intimidated by a child? You just got into a flame war with a little boy. Yeah, man, and I lost. No, I think you won. You think so? Yeah. Okay. So he goes on to tell the story that he puked on Az, who puked on Reese, who puked on himself. And then while they <laughs> made their ascent back up through the puke, it smelled so bad in the heat inside of the staircase that they puked again going through uh. it. And so it's a very funny reminiscing story. And he thinks he catches Nesta's mouth trying to turn into a smile. Those rusty ends of her mouth trying to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> he asks her what step she made it to, and she's surprisingly honest. 111. He calls her pathetic, but in a jokey kind of way. Nesta still sprawled on the floor, and she tells him that she was trying to get wine because the house wouldn't give her any. I figured that would be the only motivator to make you risk 10,000 stairs. She glares at him, but it's not very menacing because he guesses correctly that she cannot get up. <laughs> <laughs> She responds with such a like a 60s movie body woman response. <laughs> Go fly into a boulder. Go fly into a boulder. <laughs> I just imagine her like becoming uh Catherine Hepburn in yeah. Lion in Winter. Yeah. Go Get out of my in. face. Go scallywag. Fl- oh, you go fly into a boulder, won't you? <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. 
It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. So this next, fr- this next little passage, Jackie, you just read it. Cassian pushed off the wall and reached her in three strides. He wrapped his hands under her arms and hauled her up. I guess it's not that weird, but I find that a very sexy, like, visual. Oh, yeah. I think it's the arrogance of leaning back and how smoothly he reaches forward and just picks her up. Yeah. It's like that sort of, like, arrogant, like, leaning. And he just, like, pushes off the wall and just, like, I'm getting you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get another she comes and saves her. Yeah, but like in a very nonchalant way. I don't know why I find that very sexy. I get so it. He, um, he, you know, and another classic sexual tension move. He has to keep holding her up to keep her standing in that moment. So now they have that moment that of being oh, very close, face to face. Oh gosh, they're touching for just a moment. You know, you can sec- you can probably visualize that like long held stare, and then he steps away. Oh, the touch of a crush! Oh. What it does to you. He teases her for another moment, and then Amran's words ring back to him: "Keep reaching out your hand." So at this moment, in his thoughts, he hears that and does what he thinks is right in that moment. He doesn't badger her or push her further. He says, if you don't want to be so pathetic, come to training and actually learn tomorrow. Uh And then he walks away and goes to his room. I mean, he ain't wrong, girl. Right, because then he's not arguing with her. He's not trying to force her hand. He's saying, And not shaming her for going down to go get booze. Like, which is very, I do find that very interesting that, like, in this moment, it could have been very easy for him to really harp on the fact that, like, like, I know that he even jokingly says, like, you're pathetic, but, like, in a, it's just a. In more of, like, a coach way. Yes. Where, like. You can't even get up. you got to work your thighs, man. you got your yeah, quads. Yeah. You're out of shape. Yeah, get some squats going. Yeah. So um, I can look at your butt in those oh, tight pants. In those leggings. Um, so we cut to the next morning and Nesta's sitting at the breakfast table. Having gotten there extra early, she knows how much she had to struggle to get herself dressed due to the pain in her legs. Oh. And she wasn't going to let Cassian see her limping into the dining room. You ever uh, get on a uh, a bull? Like a mechanical bull? A mechanical bull? Yes. Not no, a real I, one. I, no, 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 not a real one. I, I know, never a real one. I just remember I couldn't walk for days because your thighs have to grip so hard. And, and I've only done it twice. And both times I just like walked like like a cartoon cowboy. I mean, that's it's not the cowboy legs aren't a joke. It definitely happens when you ride horses and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, because you come in all the time, right? Yeah, because they you're all just, come in all yeah, the time. Yeah, you're constantly just like being stimulated. I've heard this um, from horse girls, and you just come in all the time. I don't think that's actually 
true, but in my brain, that's the only way you would get me on a horse. I'm like, am I going to be? Well, I don't want to be coming on a horse either. Ew. I don't want to be on a horse. No. I'm very scared of horses. Oh, they're so fun. I, I respect horses. Oh, they're so beautiful. They're just so big. Yeah. That's, I don't think of them sexually, but I love riding a horse. Yeah. Um, I, in case anybody forgets, one of the mechanical bull's experiences was just a giant penis instead of a bull it for Jackie. It was just a giant penis, and there was nothing to grip onto, and that was very difficult. It was like sliding all about. Yeah. And they love it when the ladies slide all about. I mean, uh, I think that is the point of it ha- being a big penis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking. So I just kept like like sl- sliding up to the shaft it looks and then like you're sliding back it off. down to the balls. Yeah. So I'm just... Oh my god, it did look like I was jerking it off. Like a giant, you're jerking off a giant. I'm not gonna watch this video now. <laughs> like, I jerking off that dick. <laughs> um so she's sitting at the table waiting. Like she just didn't want Cassian to see it. So she ponders what she's gonna do when it's time to get up. She hasn't made a plan <laughs> for that yet. She was already eating when Cassian struts through the entryway, smirking. The bastard knows, even if she beat him to the table, that she can't get up. She was about to make a biting comment when Azriel appears behind him, who Grimace smiles at her. Azriel was nothing short of beautiful. Even with those scarred hands and the shadows that flowed from him like smoke, she'd always found him to be the prettiest of the three males who called themselves brothers. Oh. You can almost see the calculations going on in Nesta's head here. She's already anticipating being mocked by Cassian this morning, and it's just a matter of how she's going to counter. They give their good mornings, and then Nesta turns her attention to Asriel. He asks her how her training is going, and she can feel Cass's glare as she tells them that it's absolutely riveting. Asriel can see that this is a bit of a game, and he smiles as he says that he hopes she's not giving his brother a hard time. She set down her teacup. Is that a threat, Shadow Singer? Cassian took a long drink from his own tea, drained it to the dregs. Asriel said coolly, I don't need to resort to threats. The shadows coiled around him, snakes ready to strike. Nesta gave him a smile, holding his stare. Neither do I. She leaned back in her chair and said to Cassian, who was frowning at the both of them, I want to train with him instead. She could have sworn Cassian went still. Interesting. Asriel coughed into his tea. <laughs> so this is Asriel understands what's going on oh, here. Oh yeah. Cassian is shook though. He's like, "Oh, you want to train with Asriel?" Hmm. Uh, oh. Oh yeah. Oh, cool. Interesting. And As is like, "Oh, the mother, get me out of this room." Get me out of this situation, please. Or as just stuck in the center of the two of them, just like, wait, 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 but also wait, wait. about to fuck each other. Yeah. Cass tells her he won't be an easy coach, and she croons, with that pretty face. Oh. As just like stares just staring into his and just like, I'm just gonna keep eating. I'm not gonna pay attention. I'm not a part of this. Cass does his best to look unruffled, but tells her to go ahead, and she'll have a hard time of it when she can't even get out of the chair. <laughs> When she shoots out of her chair, she holds back a yelp. He tells her, that didn't count because you mostly used her hands. And she comes back with what? A sexual joke. Girl. Girl. I mean, she is doffing, protesting too much. Oh, yeah. Methinks. As is trying not to laugh, but Cass has other ideas. Cassian's voice dropped an octave. Is that what those smutty books teach you? 
that it's only at night? It took a heartbeat for the words to settle. And she couldn't stop it, the heat that sprang to her face, her glance at his powerful hands. Even with Azrael now biting his lip to keep from laughing, she couldn't stop herself. Cassian said with a wicked smile. Could be any time. Dawn's first light, or when I'm bathing, or even after a long, hard day of practice. Goosh, 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 <laughs> And Azrael just staring at his mood. Uh, I'm not I a part of this. Go. I am not here. Nesta is having feelings at this. Oh, yeah? But of course, she could never let them see. So she does her best to strut to the door, biting back the pain, and says in her most unruffled Sounds like you have a lot of time on your hands, Cassian. All right. Cut to, you're in deep shit, Asriel said mildly to him on the chilly veranda as Nesta donned her cloak inside. So now we're at Cassian's POV right after this breakfast, and he's trying to shake the images that he's just put into his own head. Yeah, because you got yourself all hard, bro. But if we're being honest, Nesta started it. Oh, yeah. It's... In any case, now all he can do is picture Nesta's hand occupied. He's filled with such desire, he almost has to leave the House of Wind. Poor Azrael having to smell that room to just sitting there trying to eat his breakfast. He's just trying to get his tea in him. He needs the caffeine. Can we not do this in front of him? He's going to have to smell more pretty soon. Oh, my God. Even if he had somehow not gotten that across to Nesta... Even if Nessa didn't realize how much she'd affected him, as knows what the shift in his scent uh-huh. means. Cassian can't stop the thoughts, though, and they are getting progressively dirtier in his mind. As senses this again and is amused, asking if they need another chaperone up here. <laughs> we cut to Winhaven, and just like the good male he is, Cassian has moved his thoughts away from sex and back on training and because the that's not appropriate. He is, yes. Nesta still won't budge, however. Cassian had hoped their rapport would have warmed her up to the idea a little, but he doesn't know about why she really doesn't want to train, of course. So irritated, he tells her to sit there and freeze to death if she wants to, and she's like, fine! Cassian ignores her for the rest of this training, but Emran's words ring out through his head. Keep reaching out your hand. An hour later, Cassian was nice and warmed up from his moving around, but he can see Nesta slowly turning blue with cold. He gives up and tells her to go wait in the house that he and the Bat Boys had grown up in. It's just, it's all of these things when you read a book like this, and I know obviously then it wouldn't progress, and I I understand the reasoning for it. But like, when you read this kind of stuff, and it's like, if Cassian literally just was like, hey, why don't you want to train? That like, if this would, like, I don't even know if she would open up to him or get Asriel to ask her, you know, like, or something. Because she's not opening up to anybody, but like, at least asking... Yeah, I think he was doing it in a different way that didn't work where he was trying to bring up her dad and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, and he's trying to do it like more the the boy oafish way. Right. And I think he tr- he was trying to do that but didn't know how to do mm-hmm. that basically. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. So she he tells her to go in this house and she's almost too stubborn to do it but thinks better of it when the wind starts blowing on her face and she follows him into the house. Cassian watches her survey the house and this house was the closest thing he had to a childhood home. He thinks of it sentimentally as he watches her about his room upstairs in this home and every spot and mark made from a memory from his youth. 
he romantically thinks back to the stain on the couch that he's looking right at, that Reese had accidentally magic to there permanently when he and the other boys got drunk as teens and were trying to clean up their mess. I love the, I love the image of that story of them being like, oh shit, oh shit, we gotta clean it up. And then you're like, oh, fuck. oh no, I made it permanent. <laughs> oh no. Oh well, worry about it tomorrow. <laughs> and then the next day you wake up to just your mother being like, what the hell happened in here last night? Like, ah. Yeah, because in that memory, he talks about how they put a pillow over it, which is such a teen <laughs> Boy thing, to do. boy thing to do. Um, he tells her to sit in here. You know, he's, so he's watching her watch this house and he's thinking back on his childhood memories and he goes, why don't you sit in here since you're so good at sitting? But she doesn't answer at his little snark. When she didn't answer, he turned to find Nesta standing in front of the hearth, arms tightly crossed, the flickering light dancing in her beautiful hair. She didn't look up at him. What are you looking at? He asked. A log on the fire popped, and she flinched. Not in surprise, he noted, but in dread. Fear. So he's confused by this, but he connects something that even though he doesn't know exactly what's going on there, her thoughts were elsewhere, which we would call PTSD, Earthside. Yes. It's enough for him to offer another suggestion. Why don't she, why doesn't she go look in the shops at Winhaven while he finishes up his Illyrian business? Though she doesn't say anything, she seems amenable to the suggestion. We cut to Nesta at the start of Chapter 9, entering a shop. And it's here we meet Emery! Emery! We see through Nesta's observation that this is a sort of clothier, as much as Illyrians would stomach of a clothier, all practicality, and no, just having fun with fashion. I know, and so sad because everyone else gets the fashion. Why don't the Illyrians? I know, I can't believe I just said fashion instead of fashion. Yeah, it hurt my ears, Natalie. So sorry. I wanted to throw up everywhere, and that was going to make you walk through the throw up, and then you You were going to throw up, and and I would throw up on you. Yeah, then then everyone's disgusting. Like, why didn't they stop the camera? I mean, that's <laughs> you can make some money off of that video. <laughs> Got to put it behind a paywall. Um, um, so, right, Emery. So she's in this clothier shop. It's like a shop for like the, the necessities, basically, out there. A dark-haired female appeared on the other side of the counter, her braided back hair shining in the lights. Her face was striking, elegant and sharp, contrasting with her full mouth. Her angular eyes and light brown skin suggested a heritage from another region, perhaps a recent ancestor from the Dawn Court. The light in those eyes was direct, clear. The woman who Nesta has yet to be introduced to asks if she can help Nesta. It becomes apparent that Nesta has chosen the shop because she's trying to find ways to stay warm in this hellscape. She wants to know if the store offers anything warmer than the standard leathers. We get an immediate sense that the shopkeeper don't suffer no fools. Hell no. In fact, she calls the Illyrian warriors proud fools, which is going to give her some points in Nesta's book. But it would definitely not for a lot of other people that just walk into your Illyrian shop. Yes, they would be pretty pissed. Yes. So she's not like a she's not a weak willed person or a cowardly person. Hell no. The shopkeeper analyzes Nesta and ponders whether they could get her leathers fleece lined. When she asks Nesta how often she trains, Nesta hesitates and then decides to tell her she's just here to watch. The shopkeeper doesn't seem to judge her for this. In fact, seems to understand that she doesn't want to be there. In fact, seems to understand maybe from a personal 
point of view that she doesn't really want to be up here in Windhaven. Maybe the shopkeeper can relate. Nesta analyzes her again and notes her simple gown and braid. And then as she is looking her over, her eyes snag on the female's wings. They have long scars running down them, which is unusual in a community whose wings are basically as cherished and protected as their genitals. And as sensitive. Wink. Scars in general were strange in this land because it would take magic or wounds so traumatic it would probably have killed a person for them to have scars to even look at. She sees Nesta observing this. My wings were clipped, the female said. My father was a traditional male. He believed females should serve their families and be confined to their homes. I disagreed. He won in the end. Nesta thinks about Reese's mother, who she learned had had her wings saved in the last moments from her bond with Reese's dad, if you'll recall. Nesta offers her apologies for all of that happening, but the female attempts to brush it off as if there's nothing to be done so she doesn't dwell on it. But Nesta can't help but ask if healers can fix them. The shopkeeper says that it's a complex level of healing magic that would only be possible by a powerful healing fae like Thaison. She turns the conversation back to Nesta's inquiry, and Nesta feels a little bit of embarrassment about having been so forward about asking but i guess it just like kind of came out of her um so but this shopkeeper wants to turn back to the the fleece lined leather conversation saying she could probably get it done in a few weeks then nesta realizes she's a poor again she doesn't have any money she feels ashamed and begins to explain that actually she's fine she doesn't need any of that not even cold actually (laughs) (laughs) no i'm fine i don't need anything This female seems to know who Nesta is and points out that Rizan would certainly pay for this. But Nesta, after a moment, decides to tell her the truth. She got cut off. Man, just see, this is like also the beauty sometimes of meeting a stranger that you immediately connect with when like there's so much you can't say to the people around you. But like all of a sudden you find yourself just like spewing secrets towards someone that you're like, why am I telling you this? You don't know. I also I am the person that has the face. I am the stranger that people just will like tell things to and then they'll just look at me and they're like, I don't know why I'm telling you oh, this. Oh, yeah, I'm like, for sure. It's all good, dude. You're like, very receptive. I feel like take it. you're very non judgmental. And so people sometimes overshare. Yeah, yeah, which I'm totally down with. Like, I'm, yeah, let's get into the fucking real shit. Who, who cares about the weather? And it's a good thing that you're not a courtier because you're filled with secrets. Filled with secrets. Not, uh, not, a, not a secret, though. No. I don't remember. That's the best part about me. You don't remember. The second any of it. you tell me, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember anything. So you so, can tell me all your traumas. I'm not gonna like hold them against you. I'm not gonna be like, oh, but this one time, I'm not gonna remember. It's a win-win for everyone, right? Win, Wendy. Win, Wendy. The female asks why she's cut off, but Nesta's not quite ready to talk about that. The shopkeeper doesn't seem to mind and says she'll check on the fleece-lined leathers anyway, even if Rizan doesn't want her to. Nesta bluntly tells the female that she imagines Reese would probably re- prefer if Cassian just threw her off a cliff and being done with it. Aww. And like how all misanthropes find each other and become friends, Emery takes that moment to introduce herself formally to Nesta. She's like, ah, you've got dark humor. People want you to die. Yeah. Sounds like my kind of cat. Hell yeah. You got trauma. I got trauma. Hell yeah. Let's be friends. Nesta then also introduces herself, but Emery knows who she is. She remarks, not asks, that Nesta killed the King of Highburn. And when Nesta concurs, Emery says, good. 
They exchange a few more words before Nesta leaves. And as she's exiting the shop, she seems to be almost shocked that she just had an amicable conversation with somebody. Oh, my God. Is it possible? Is it possible? Is she maybe starting to unfreeze a little bit? I don't know. Maybe she just had to find her people. And also, maybe she just needed to dry out for a while. Well, probably that helps. I'm sure it helps. But also, not have a headache every day. As someone that used to be drunk every single day, you think about like it's like, man, I'm drunk. Like I get drunk every night because I feel like shit every day. It's like you feel like shit every day because you're getting hammered every night. And isn't that insane that your brain doesn't like let you in on that secret until it's like. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, I feel great all the time. You know why? Because I ain't drinking every day. Well, it's the vicious cycle of you made yourself feel sick to the point where the only thing that would make you feel better is to be out of your mind again. Sick again. Yeah. It's unfortunate. But yeah. And also, I think she's giving doing these things, regardless of whether or not she really wanted to do this, was kind of forced a little bit. It gives her a sense of purpose to help in the library, to, do, you know, start yeah. having conversations with people. Like, it makes her feel like she maybe almost is worth, like, something. Yes. Um, so she's just like, oh, I had a almost friendly conversation. Then we cut to Nesta back in her afternoon duties at the library. She got her fur a little ruffled as she reflects on how Cassian had been distracted after she found him. So whenever he got his business done, she left the shop. He picks her up, and he's not really paying any attention to her, probably because something was going on in the Illyrian camps. And after more had come and winnowed them both back to the House of Wind, Cassian, without really saying goodbye, scoops more up in his arms and shoots them both into the sky. It shouldn't have bothered her, seeing him flying away with another female in his arms. Some small part of her knew it wasn't remotely fair to feel that body-tightening irritation at the sight. She had pushed him away again and again, and he had no reason to believe she'd wish it differently. And she knew he had a history with Morrigan, that they'd been lovers long ago. Look at her admitting something to herself. Good for you. And also, I think lovers is a strong word to use. But um, it's very human and yes, prudish. It, it really is. Which is, you know, remembering how she was raised. She, like, mm. even like making like sexual comments towards someone, like, that is not how she was raised. That's no. all like new, like being around them. Like, this is all new things that she's finding out for herself. But go for her. Go for her. on there. Um, it's almost as if her admission of something shameful to Emery, the shopkeeper earlier, had let a little crack into her iron walls. It's like she, because she, this is the most blunt she's been with herself, even in her mind so far. Yeah. She, she's brought out of her thoughts by the note. She's standing in front of Clotho at the moment and Clotho pushes a note forward towards her. She's to shelve on level five for her afternoon duties. And Nesta realizes that's awfully close to the dark center at the bottom of the spiral ramp around the library. That makes her a little nervous. When she asks Clotho about whether Briaxis had ever returned, just out of curiosity, (laughs) Clotho seems to understand that Nesta is scared and replies that Briaxis has never harmed any of the priestesses in the library. Clotho goes on to say she thinks, or writes, I suppose, she thinks it's because the creature knew that they already lived through their worst nightmares and thus left them alone. Man, Clotho just, like, breaks my fucking heart. Oh, no. And I feel like it's one of those things that I kind of forget about Reese, that, like, the fact that Reese gave them a place to feel safe in, like, that also just makes me melt. Yeah, it gives, it makes me have... 
some sort of liquid feelings. Yes, certainly. Liquid. Um, <laughs> but she also goes on to to write that she can move Nesta higher if she liked. But no, Nesta says she she'll manage. I mean, it's the book's okay. got to go back at some point. Also, who's taking out all these books? Are they just doing their researches? I think it is just the priestesses are yeah. like taking them out, using them Man, for things. just ripping through those books every day. Go for them. Scholars. Yeah. An hour later after this, she sits down for a break. And, and it appears that the house has followed her down here. Or the library is still the house or something. I don't know how sentient houses work, but it's there with her. Can we have that, please? No, we decided. This is bad for us. I we know. We decided already. I know we decided, but can't I just keep asking? You can keep asking your your place all you want. Yeah. You can I'll try. talk to the Oh, I talk to the walls constantly. <laughs> and they the day they talk back, I will let you know. Please. Because I think that means I need to be... Put yeah. somewhere. That's fine. Take a, <laughs> take a nice vacation. I need to go on a vacation from my problems. Have you tried asking the walls for stuff yet, though? No, I haven't, but I've I've stared at them longingly, ask, hoping. See, ask and see what happens. All right, I'll try it today. Okay. I'll let you know. Okay. Um, if they start talking back and I've wasted so much time not talking to the walls of my house, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, that's what, that's what that'll be. But again, you should probably let me know. You if know? it works, I don't think you're ever going to see me ever again. I think we will because we will have to like tank. chuck me out of there. We'll have to like put you in a hospital. I hear the walls, they sing me to sleep. I hear the walls. They bring walls. me stew. Yeah. <laughs> it's just me ripping up paper and just like eating paper. Like, I, it's stew. It's the walls bought it for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the house is with her down here and. Anyway, she had passed on lunch earlier when the house tried to give it to her at lunchtime, and it seems the house wants to make sure Nesta gets something to eat and drops down some pork and beans. Pork and beans. I, man, when I wrote this, a specter of a memory of this B-side in living color sketch Jim Carrey does came out of my mouth. I didn't even know I remembered this character, but it was like as I was writing it, it just came because the character goes, pork and beans. And it's just like a Jim Carrey sketch that nobody would even remember. <laughs> well, you were obsessed with Jim Carrey. I have. I didn't even know I remembered it. That's I guess where the algebra would have gone. Pork and beans. Yeah. Who needs algebra? Think about pork and beans. Well, Nesta doesn't want to eat and lets the house know. The house only responds by putting a glass of water next to the bowl of soup. It just laid down for her. She says, this is absolutely none of your business. Nesta's full on having an audible conversation with the air. I love it. When a priestess pops up behind her. Who are you talking to? It startles her and she goes to gesture to the soup and water, but it's already been taken away. (laughs) It's like the house is fucking with her, but she also deserves it. Yes. She looks up at this priestess who's just witnessed her acting foolish. Her hood was thrown back and Faylight danced in the rich coppery chestnut of her pin-straight hair. Her large teal eyes were as clear and depthless as the stone usually atop a priestess's hood, and a scattering of freckles lay across her nose and cheeks, as if someone had tossed them with a careless hand. She was young, almost cultish. Oh, with her slender, elegant limbs. I'm scared of your limbs! High fay, and yet, Nesta couldn't explain the way she sensed that there was something else mixed into her, some secret beneath the pretty face. 
What do you have in there? <laughs> oh, shake it on I.O., damn it! She, Nessa shrugs up. teal eyes make me melt. It just makes me think of Teal Swan, which is... Uh, you can listen to my other podcast someplace. I'm, I'm going to guess it's a, very different than... It's not than, great. Yeah. No, I'm thinking of Teal Eyes, though, and how beautiful well, you would she's look with na- Teal Eyes, Natalie. She's named Teal Swan because her eyes are teal colored. Ah, gotcha. Um... So she shrugs off the embarrassment at the priestess seeing her speaking to the air. And the priestess asks if she's already done for the day since she's sitting down after an hour. Excuse me, ma'am? So this this priestess is a little, like, so- spicy. Oh, you just sitting down? You just not doing your work? So Nesta responds, I didn't realize anyone was timing me. Oh, bitchy response. She puts on her best get-the-fuck-away-from-me voice, but this priestess is unaffected. Hell yeah. Here, these books are ready to be shelved. Nesta replies, I don't answer to acolytes. The priestess drew up to her full height, which was slightly taller than average for fey females. A crackling sort of energy buzzed around her, and Nesta's power grumbled in answer. Nesta throws out some more barbs, but this priestess is not only unperturbed, she seems on the edge of amusement by Nesta's cold demeanor. Nesta is irritated by this further. She wants to know the the priestess's name so she can go and speak to her manager later. Uh, The priestess's eyes glittered with amusement, as if aware of Nesta's plan. Gwyneth Berdara. Unusual for these fae to use family names. Even Rees didn't use one. As far as Nesta knew. But most call me Gwen. Nesta studies this fae female further as they exchange words and maybe doesn't admit it, but she's intrigued by her. Gwen asks her again if she's going to shelve these books or not, and finally Nesta snaps that she'll do it. She looks over Gwen again and notes that whatever happened to her is not present on her physically. Just the thought of what she may have gone through softens Nesta's voice just a little. Thank you, Nesta. But Gwen, anno- is it, Gwen senses it and she's annoying. She yeah. bristles. Oh, yeah. I don't need your pity. Fuck yeah. Gwen knows after the two years she's been here how someone's voice changes into sort of a coddling, coddling little precious baby voice when they realize she's been through something. She tells Nesta that she just wants to be treated like a person. And Nesta tells her she probably wouldn't want her to speak as she does to most people. Gwen, again, gets amused by this and challenges her. Nesta looked at her from under lowered brows again. Get out of my sight. This makes Gwen grin, and she tells Nesta, oh, you're very good. I guess it being a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, bitch recognizes bitch, man. I love it. Totally. Then she disappears into the aisles, and... Nesta is sort of taken aback because that kind of the interaction just was like almost on the level of friendly again. And then the the Faye just disappears. She's like, did that just happen? She's had two conversations with two separate people that bordered on friendly today. This is a big thing for her. I wonder if we'll see those two again. Uh, maybe. If you've read our, to our prompt uh, from the last episode, you know that at the very least, Gwen is returning. Yes. The chapter ends with Nesta at the end of her day in front of Clotho sniping that Gwyneth has been bossing her around. But it's not with real bite in her tone, I think. It's that sort of goth girl armor where it's almost more representative of pain wanting Whoa. to shield herself because she actually likes somebody. Ouch. But it's... um. So and in, in, in this moment, it's almost like she's bringing up Gwen. So Clotho will be like, 
I think that's a friend, Nesta. Yeah. But clothe them. She don't care. Well, I think actually she does. I think she's sort of looking, and I think Nessa, uh, Clotho knows this, that Nessa's sort of looking to Clotho for help without knowing how to ask. Clotho writes back to Nesta that Gwen has a very demanding task dealing with a scholar in their ranks whose name is Meryl. Nesta starts to argue, but Clotho writes that if she's having a problem with Gwen, she should speak to Gwen directly. Nesta bristled. I did. She's a piece of work. Writing, writing, writing. Some might say the same of you. Nesta crossed her arms. Some might. <laughs> so. Nesta, you know you being a bee. She thinks that Clotho might be smiling under her robe. I wonder if we'll ever get a reveal of Clotho. Like, what if it's been some undercover cop this whole time? Leslie Nielsen! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What if it was Leslie Nielsen? That'd be so awesome. That's where he went. (laughs) Clotho asked Nesta to give Gwen a chance, and Nesta kind of half agrees, too. She gets back up to the House of Wind, and now she's friggin' starving because she's denied the house the food that the house keeps bringing her. And now she's sort of like, man, I, now I'm, on, I'm really hungry, even though I've just already yelled at the house a bunch of times today. She makes a beeline for the private library near her bedroom, and she describes feeling her tension release as soon as she gets into that room. A subtle way for us to know that she's anxious all day, and this space soothes her. Can you imagine how little you would want to get done in your every day if you had a private library right next to your bedroom? I would ne- I really would never leave the house. If the house was sentient and, and I had my own private library there, I'd never leave the fucking house. I love that move in my own private library. Um, the uh, That was a terrible joke. My own private Idaho. Oh, I never saw that movie. It's sad, right? I- I wish that I hadn't said it. Well, you said it. Now we're talking about my own private Idaho. <laughs> um, so, uh, if dude, if I if I lived in the House of Wind, I why why would you ever why would you do anything else? I don't know. I, I think that's what maybe I shouldn't ask my walls for anything later, just so that I make sure I don't ruin the rest of my life. Wait, why would you why would you ruin your life? Because if my House is sentient. I'm not oh, going to oh, leave ever again. Right, right, You're right, going right. to put me in the padded room. Right. But in the. Oh, how comfy would oh, it be to live in the, in the padded room? In the house of wind? Room? In the padded room? Yeah. So she's in this space that feels very much like a sanctuary for her. She tentatively speaks to the house again. I'm sure you won't do it now, but I would like that soup. Nothing happens, and she sighs. Please. Immediately, the super turns. Interesting how manners can get you very far. Look at that. Nessa's just letting out a sigh of relief when the house starts a fire in the fireplace. No fire, she says with a panic in her voice. Ugh. The house doesn't push, and as it defires the yeah. fireplace, extinguishes. Extinguishes. <laughs> That's a real word. But defires works. I mean, I got it. I use context clues. Thank you. Um, So as it does that, a plate of fresh bread plops down next to the soup. Nesta says, thank you. And the lights flicker like the house is saying, you're welcome. Welcome. I will not eat you in your sleep. Yeah, I don't know how the house sounds. I actually think it's probably much more feminine sounding. 
Yeah, with how You're much it's welcome. taking. Yeah, it's taking care of it. Yeah, more You're ethereal. You're welcome. Oh, that's it. <laughs> oh, what a soothing voice. Get no fire no more. Oh, the soothing sounds of the home. Um, that's it. That's great. Yep. Um, I'm so excited to get to. Oh, the next chapters are delicious. They're delicious, and also like. Like Gwyn and and Emery are both such great characters that like to introduce like it's crazy to me going back through these books that I'm like man we don't meet them until the fifth book like there's such a big I mean they are like an important part of this book and you like them so like I or I mean I hope you like them the way that I love them um I, I just forgot that they weren't introduced till the fifth book. It's true, but since this book is such a thick one, yeah. it does feel like you get a lot of them. Yes. You know? um, so let's, uh, I'm going to take this wig off. All right. It's hurting. Thank you guys for joining us. Bye. Please read up until chapter 15. Hey, babies! For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dive's Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost.